Has anyone ever told you to grow up? Has anyone ever said, you're such a child? Or, don't be a baby? Or, which was very popular when I was in school, act your age, not your shoe size. It's Family Sunday, which means we have kids in the service. How would you feel if someone turned to you, if you are an adult, a grown-up, and said, stop fidgeting? You'd be like, don't treat me like a child. Like most adults, we don't love being called children. And children, let me ask you, if you are, let's say, grade four, and an adult comes to you and says, hey, what's your name? Nice to meet you. And how do you like kindergarten? Be like, I'm not in kindergarten. I'm in grade four. Come on. You don't have to be very old, in fact, to not like being called a young child. And it was even worse in Jesus' day. A lot of people in Jesus' day, they didn't consider children to be people with thoughts and opinions. They considered children to be property. It seems offensive, it's going to get better, just bear with me. So if you had children, you might say, okay, take a donkey, go plow the field, take the cow, go get some milk, take a child, go wash the dishes. They were just property. And so we don't love getting called children. And in Jesus' day, children were just property. And that seems really tough. And now this isn't very nice. But if we understand this, it helps us understand Jesus even more. We're going to be looking at Matthew 18 today. If you want to look in your pew Bible, it's page 464. Now in this, it just kind of dives right in. Jesus' students, his apprentices, have a question for Jesus. And it doesn't say that they were arguing, but we know that often they would. So what I like to imagine is that Jesus' students were saying, you know, hey, you know who the best is? It's me. Another one would be like, no, 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 I'm the best. And then they bring it to Jesus. It would be kind of like if Pastor Kevin and, and myself were having some kind of invisible competition to see who is the best pastor. <laughs> and then we invite Jesus into it. And so, Matthew 18, Jesus' students come to Jesus and they say to him, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I hope it's me. Kevin might think it's him. And Jesus calls a little child. Now remember how they saw children. Jesus calls a child into the conversation and places a child right in the middle among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And so this is the word of the Lord. And this should blow our minds because nobody here wants to be called a child. Even children don't like being called younger children. In Jesus' day, children were property. It was something that you wanted to get out of. You wanted to grow up. You wanted to mature. You put a lot of effort into that. And Jesus says, you're going the wrong direction. It doesn't mean to become childish. 
It doesn't mean become immature, but if you don't become like a child, Jesus says, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. He says you must change, and in English it's an active verb, which means we feel like we have to do this ourselves. We have to work really hard and hold our breath and do better and try hard and I got to become more like a child. But in the Greek, it's a passive. It means not change, but let yourself be changed. It means allow there to be an inside transformation so that you become more like little children. And this is, I think, the heart of the gospel. Letting Jesus do for us what we so desperately need, but we cannot do ourselves. And it's not that we become younger, but that Jesus transforms us so that we see the world, we see God, we see people less like we're grown-ups and more like we're children. And that, as I've learned, is straight bussin', no cap. <laughs> that means really good, I'm not lying. Now, lots of people have written lots of books about what does it mean to be like a little child. And I'll be honest, some of the books say to be like a little child is to be gentle, it's to be quiet, it's to be generous, it's to be obedient and loving and wonderful because children are always like this. And I, I don't think that's true. And the reason I don't think that's true is because adults aren't always like that. And I think children are people just like adults are people. So it's not that kids and children are perfect, I think what it is, is that Jesus is saying to become like a child, at least part of it, is having to submit. Children spend so much of your lives, eat your vegetables, brush your teeth, stop driving that car, go to bed. And children don't want to do these things, but these are good things that they are told to do and they must. So much of a child's life is spent doing good things you don't want to do. And I think that that's the heart of it, at least part of it, and I don't like that. Because sometimes Jesus asks me to be nice to people who aren't nice to me, and I don't want to. Sometimes Jesus asks me to share my time, my life, or my money with other people, and I don't want to do that. But let me tell you why I think Jesus is calling us to submit. We have exactly one story of Jesus as a child. We have quite a few of him as like a baby and a toddler. We have a whole bunch of him as a, as a full-on grown-up, but there's one story of him as a child. And at the end of the story, in Luke chapter 2, it says Jesus submitted to his parents. He obeyed them. It's the same word Pastor Kevin was talking about last week from Ephesians 5, where we submit to one another. And so that's why I think part of being like a child is submitting, because that's what Jesus did. And then even as an adult in Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, not my will, but yours be done. So I don't think that's all of it, but I think that's a big part of it. And Jesus says, unless you become like a child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes we use never to mean it's not likely, or it's going to take a really long time. Like we're going to say, oh man, summer is never going to come. Or the renovations here are never going to finish. Or the Canucks are never going to win the Stanley Cup. But Jesus isn't meaning never in a it's not likely or it's going to take a long time. The Greek actually means there's no chance. 
And so you could translate it like this, that Jesus says, unless you change and become like a child, you will never, ever, in a billion years, times infinity, enter the kingdom of heaven. There is no hope. There is no chance. Never, ever, in a billion years, times infinity. So if you think this morning that you are a grown-up, we had better pay attention to this. Because Jesus says, everyone who feels like you're an adult, there has to be a change. You have to become like children. Now there's an irony for me as an adult to stand up here and talk to adults about how to become like children. So what I'm going to do, and, and if kids, if you want a candy for what I'm about to ask you to do, Pastor Kevin has all of them. <laughs> so I'm going to invite the children up. So our juniors and our K to fives, if you want to come and just kind of sit right in the front, and I have a couple of questions to ask you, and you can ask Pastor Kevin, and he'll give you a full-size chocolate bar <laughs> afterwards. So come on up. You can kind of just, we're going to sit all down here so we can talk. If you'd like to, you don't have to. You are welcome to come. So juniors, K to fives, uh, adults, if you want to come and sit with your kids, so why don't we just all sit down here? And we're going to ask some questions. Because, kids, I don't know if you know this, but I am not a grown-up. No, wait, I'm not a child. <laughs> and so what this means is that if we want to figure out what it means to become like children, I can't be the only one talking this morning. So Jesus invited a child right into the middle for a conversation. Everyone's facing this way. I'm going to turn this. So I have a few questions. So I'm going to ask you a question, give you a couple seconds to think about it, and if you have an answer, you put your hand up. Okay? Does that make sense? We're all good? Give me a thumbs up if you understand. We're all good. Okay. So first off, we have a whole room here full of grown-ups that have forgotten what it's like to be children. So can you tell us what is it like to be a child? Can you tell us something about being a child? I'm just going to give you a couple seconds for everyone to think. What's it like being a child? Can you tell us something? We can come back. You think of something. Tell us something about being a child. Um. We'll come back. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a couple seconds to so just think. What's something? We're going to say what's something good about being a child. What's something you like about being a child? Having a good imagination. A good imagination. I love that. Okay. What's something good? Going to school. Going to school. Wow. Okay. What's something good about being a child? Not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you got one? Okay. What's something good about being a child? Going to school. I'm going, going to church. Going to church. Okay. You got one? Having a good mind. A good mind. Okay. What's something good about being? Not having to pay taxes or not having to worry about money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're gonna do we're gonna do one more and then I'm gonna change the question. What's something good about being a child? So you don't so you can go to sleep early. Can go to sleep early, okay. Okay, so these are really good. You're you're on the perfect track. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna shift it a bit, and what I would love to do is I wanna hear what's one of the challenges of being a child. What's something you don't love so much? So what's something that's really hard, really difficult? I'm gonna give you a second to think about it. What's something that's not as much fun about being a child? The smaller 
Sorry, what's, one more time? Smaller, so not a lot of people can see you. Yeah, not a lot of people can see you. Yeah. What's something that's hard about being a child? I have to clean up all my toys. Oh, you have to clean up your toys. Yeah, absolutely. What's something that's kind of hard? Getting older. Getting older. Just wait. Yeah. What's something hard? School. School. Yeah. What's something you don't like so much? I forgot. Don't worry. We'll come back. We'll come back. You have one? Okay, what's something? You, you only have to do like one or two chores a day. Okay. <laughs> um, you don't have to, um, oh, I forgot. Don't worry, we'll come back. Monkey bars. Monkey bars, those are hard. <laughs> Cleaning stuff like the toilet. Cleaning, okay, yeah. Having parents be annoying to you. Okay. Oh. Having brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, okay. So, so these are some of the things that are challenging. You guys, I cannot tell you how well you're doing. This is amazing. Next question. What is a piece of advice you would give to grown-ups? Like you, you get to live and you see grown-ups living their lives, doing all the stuff they do. When you look at grown-ups, what do you think? Oh, I wish that grown-ups knew this. What's some advice you would give? I'm going to give you a second to think. What's some advice you would give? They should go on roller coasters. They should go on roller coasters. Okay, what's some advice you would give? Don't eat yellow snow. Don't eat yellow snow, yes. Living life. Living life. Wow. Chocolate bars. Chocolate bars, just in general. Grown-ups don't know how much strength kids have left when they do a lot of exercise or movement. Are you saying that kids have more than grown-ups think or less than grown-ups think? More. They have more. Okay, thank you. What's some advice? Um, we'll come back to you. <laughs> Don't give kids a bag of candy or else they'll ram into you. Have you ever rammed into someone? Yeah, okay. Groups don't know how much the kids hate doing chores. Okay. Grown-ups don't know how much kids don't like doing chores. All right, last one for this one and then next question. Uh, to um, say yes to children. Say yes to children. Okay. All right, we'll give you this last one. One piece of advice for grown-ups. Uh, they sh uh, should give us less chores. Give them less chores. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. This is the last question. I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to give you a couple seconds to think it through. What is something that you can tell us about Jesus? So what is something, maybe you learned it in kids' church. Maybe you learned it at home. Maybe it's something that just as you've been living life, you're like, oh, this is something I've learned about Jesus. Can you tell us something about Jesus? I'm just going to give you a couple seconds to hold that thought in your mind. Just pinch it when it gets there. What's something you can tell us about Jesus? Joy. Joy. Okay, what's something about Jesus? Um, that he does miracles. He does miracles. <laughs> he does cool miracles. Cool miracles. He shows his love to one another. Okay. 
He is the Messiah, the Lord and Savior. Okay, the Messiah, the Lord and the Savior. What's something about Jesus? Uh, he does, uh, he heals me when I'm sick. He heals you when you're sick. What's something about Jesus? He died on the cross for us. He died on the cross for us, okay. Anyone on this half? I don't know if I missed any hand. Oh man, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, okay, awesome. We got yours. So, you know what? Grown-ups, that was amazing. Kids, thank you very much. We're going to send you back to your seats. Grown-up, let's give them a great big hand. Now, just a reminder, please don't trip the children as they return. We'll check. Children, thank you very much. That was very helpful. Uh, as you head back to your seats, did any child get tripped by an adult? Just wave your hand if someone tripped you. We're good? One. Did Pastor Kevin trip you? Wow. <laughs> oh. Well, you might wonder, why are we asking about tripping children? Verse 6, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it'd be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. <laughs> Woe to the people because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Now it's Family Sunday, or we go in a slightly different direction with this, but just to remind us that what Jesus is talking about with hands, feet, and eyes is to deal very seriously with the cause of the stumbling. So to deal very seriously with the cause of the stumbling. And he says, do not cause children to stumble. Now, what does that mean? It's not tripping children. If it were, we'd be very good at it at Aldergrove. But I think it helps us to think a bit like cycling. I like cycling. Anyone here like cycling, riding bikes? Yeah, like four of us. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and one of the most famous bike races in the world is called the Tour de France. And I don't watch it often, but the Tour de France is this amazing, super long journey, and the riders ride so close together. Their, their tires are often about an inch away from each other because it's a really long journey, and if you go together, it goes much, much better. And then you have fans lining the side and they hold signs and woo, and for whatever reason they use cowbells and do -do 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 -do, and it's really neat to see the fans encouraging the riders. But it doesn't always go so smoothly. Uh, so Saju, we've got a video from last year's Tour de France. If you can, uh, this is called a peloton, by the way, a group of riders riding together. If you can play the video. So did you hear the commentators? Well done to most of the fans keeping the riders safe. But one fan caused them to stumble. They didn't use that language, but that's what they were meaning. See, the Tour de France knows that rider, riders are going to fall. Sometimes the road is wet, sometimes they go around a corner too fast. Riders will fall. 
but don't be the one fan who makes them fall. And that's what Jesus is saying here. The Bible talks about our journey following Jesus like a race or, or walking with Jesus. And to cause someone to stumble is to be the person that knocks them out of their journey. And Jesus says, make sure you don't cause a child to stumble. Now, children, I just want to give a heads up. I have seen this verse used as emotional manipulation. What that means is if you go home and say, Mom and Dad, listen, Pastor John talked about not letting children stumble, and if you don't make macaroni and cheese and cookies for lunch, I'm going to stumble. (laughs) Or you go to your teacher and say, Teacher, I would love to do homework, but I'm sorry, uh, homework makes me stumble, and I can't do that. See, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about good things that you should do. He's talking about bad things that trip you up. So what kind of things can do this? What can interrupt a faith journey? Well, there's a few things that I've seen do it. Uh, Media, certain kinds of media can just warp your heart and grab you right up. Some substances will always pull you back and they'll hold you hostage. Cynicism, where we, in our actions and in our words, can teach children to always look for the worst. Bitterness, like an inheritance, we can pass our hate down to our children. Materialism, that whether in words or deeds, we teach children that the fun you have and the things you buy are the most important in life. I think probably the most powerful one, though, is hypocrisy. In my life, I have seen dozens and dozens and dozens, had conversations with people that grew up in the church, and they had friends or family or a leader say they love Jesus, but then do something very different, and they said, because of that, I no longer follow Jesus. And so I think that is maybe the most powerful example of what Jesus is saying, is don't be the one. As a church, we are called to be fans, to encourage the kids, but don't be the one. Now, parents in the room, you might be like, oh man, I'm not perfect. And we're none of us are perfect. And so don't worry, this isn't about being perfect. This is about going in the same direction as your children, about inviting them in on the journey. If we have this pressure to be perfect, it just results in us pretending. So let's not pretend, but let's invite children into the journey. There's a a nanny college in the UK called Norland College. And their motto is to strive to provide the very best experiences for children, motivating them and inspiring them to succeed. And I think we're called to be like Norland nannies, to, to motivate children, to inspire them to succeed. It's a lovely picture, like a fan on the side of the road. Uh, is anyone familiar with the Norland College nannies? They're extremely famous. They have the oldest nanny college in England. They've been going for about 130 years. You can earn over $100,000 a year as a graduate. They have a 100% employment rate upon graduation. And people describe them as a cross between Mary Poppins and James Bond. (laughs) And Saju, if you can show us why that is the case. And you might say, why are we talking about that? We'll come back to that in a moment. Matthew 18.10, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? 
If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he's happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. If we saw a child in this room sitting with a Norland nanny, we'd be impressed. We'd say, wow. That kid is pretty special, because I know what a Norland nanny is. And Jesus says, do not forget that children have been given angels that have special access to the Father. And so if a Norland nanny would impress us, the value of this child, how much more should this reminder from Jesus that children have angels make us say, wow, these children are really special. They're really valuable. They're really important. Now, angels, just as a reminder, we don't turn into angels when we go to heaven. We stay us. Angels are angels. Us is us. And so it's not some old relative that's coming with the angels. Angels are God's special messengers. They're his warriors. They're like his secret agents. And Jesus says that children have these secret agents from heaven with them. And that's amazing. So he says, do not despise children. That's kind of weird. Don't despise children. Like, who who really dislikes children that much? To dislike a child so much, you'd rather that they weren't there. It's this idea of disliking, of disdaining, of looking down on them. And Jesus calls us to be on guard. He says, do not have this attitude. Now, if you work with children, or if you have children, it can be amazing, but it can be really, really hard. And this isn't talking about having a bad day or being frustrated or being at the end of your rope or needing a break or needing help or not knowing what to do. That's not what Jesus is talking about. He says that fundamentally, if your approach to children is you dislike them so much that you, you wish they weren't there, Jesus says, don't do that. Because the truth is that God values children very much, so much that he gives them their very own secret agent. To show how important it is, Jesus tells the parable of the lost sheep. He said, listen, if we had a hundred children at the front and one of them wandered away, I'd go get them because 99 is not enough. We need that extra one. So that's how much children loves, or that's how much God loves children, and that's pretty neat. So what do we do with this? I have three things for the adults, three things for the children. First off, Adults, if we ever, ever, in a billion years, times infinity, want to see the kingdom of heaven, we have to be transformed. We have to be changed, and this is the heart of the gospel, to let Jesus do for us what we can't do ourselves. So is there something good, is something good God is calling you to in your life that you might just need to submit to? Is there a call to share your time, your life, or our money Maybe you're being asked by God to do something good but uncomfortable. See, part of being transformed, I think, is praying the prayer, not my will but yours be done. I think another part of it is believing easily the words of Jesus. How many adults here, when you heard this thing about angels, you went, childish nonsense. How many kids are like, what? See, children believe easily. 
And Jesus says, don't despise them because, because they have this angel. Now, don't get weird on us. People go like 100 miles an hour on a right-hand turn for guardian angels. Don't get weird. Focus on Jesus. But they're still there. So believe easily the words of Jesus. And thirdly, Jesus brought a child into the conversation. When the disciples were like, Jesus, who's the greatest? He's like, hey, why don't we talk to a kid? And so who are the kids in your life? Where do you engage with children? Because Jesus says you have to learn to be like a child. He also says if you welcome a child, you welcome Jesus. So when do you have kids over to your place? I know it's hard. You have to childproof. But don't listen to a grown-up about how to be like a child. Look to the kids in your life. Because we as a church are called to be like good fans or Norland nannies, motivating children and inspiring them to succeed. I want to take a moment and I want to honor our kids' ministry workers here. The nursery workers, the junior workers, the K-5 workers, the middle school workers, the high school workers. That there is a tremendous caliber of volunteers we have that pour into the lives of our children. And so thank you for that. At Aldergrove, we want our kids to be known in community too. And so if you are not involved in any of those ministries, let me ask you, how many names of children here can you list? Do you know the names of our children? Don't ask them today. If they had 200 adults asking them their name today, that's awful. But over the next weeks, who are the names you know? Because we value our kids. Young adults, you're like the coolest people in the world to kids. If you learn a name, just imagine how cool and special and important they feel. If you're in your 20s and your 30s and you don't have children, single or married, doesn't matter, find a family and connect with them. Emily and I have had beautiful relationships with single people coming in like uncles and aunts to Ezra over the years. If you're a family with children, feed those single people. They'll love that. <laughs> if you are older, look for ways to invest in parents and children alike. One of the best ways is to say, hey, can I come over at 5 o'clock with a meal? Because that's supper time when you have kids. But look for these ways to connect, learn those names, grow in relationships. Statistics say that if five adults who are not the parents know a child's name, they are way more likely to hold on to faith. So will you be one of those five for someone? And in this passage, Jesus uses two phrases, children and the little ones who believe in me. And so some people say that he's actually including all of us that everyone who believes in him is a little one. And so do we value each other as well? And finally, on a personal level, I know that there's been many times in my life where there has been someone that, for whatever reason, I just wished wasn't there. And I think for me, that was despising that person. That was that attitude that Jesus said to watch out for. And I know that the Holy Spirit has done a lot of work in me, but I also see how far I have to go. And so if you are like me and you have had that time of just wishing someone wasn't there, it's important we respond with repentance. And sometimes it's just a strengthening because some people and some children are just more challenging than others. And so if we find that we are unable to love like we know we should, to ask God to love, help us love with his love. And maybe you're on the other side of that. That how many children and youth, whether implicitly or openly, have been pushed away from the 99 because they just weren't quite what we wanted? 
And if you are the one that has been pushed away, just know that God values you so much that 99 is not enough. He wants us all here. And for kids, three things to remember. Number one, Jesus loves hanging out with you. So much so that he said that if we invite you over to our house, we're inviting Jesus. So whether you are playing or reading or doing homework, Jesus is hanging out with you and you can talk to him. Secondly, Jesus wants to keep hanging out with you. So like a long walk or a long bike ride, Jesus wants to spend the rest of your life walking with you. And finally, Jesus thinks you're very special and very important. And he spent, sent special angels just for you, so even when you don't feel very special or you don't feel very important, just know that God sees you, God loves you, and you're very special to him. So I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to close in prayer. And if you would like to come for prayer, we have a prayer team at the front here in the prayer room, and we would love to pray with you. So God, we ask that you would give us your heart for children that you would give us your heart for each other, that you would transform us to be like children, to believe easily your words, to like you pray, not our will, but yours be done. We ask you would help us to value children, to welcome them in, and that not even one would slip through the cracks. And for our children, God, I pray that you would show them how much you love them, how much you want to walk with them, and how special they are. We pray this in your name. Amen.